Good day. Welcome to sportsstars.ie. I'm Darren Kelly. It's time for the third half of our new weekly show. Looking back at either Camogie or football and all the action over the weekend. Well, it's football this week. As you can guess, in only one place we're going to be going to Kilcurran Clumburn, All-Ireland Champions. And I'm looking forward to talking about that later on with my partner in crime, Neve Kendall. Hi, Neve. Hi, Darren. How are you? A great day for Galway football. We're going to be talking about another Galway football story in a couple of minutes. But for regards to Kilcurran Clumburn, a great day for Galway football. Yeah, a really great day for for the whole of Galway, as you said, and, and for the parish of um, the, the parishes of Kilcairn and, and Clonburn and the the whole community and the the area was really and, and the club itself and um, you know a brilliant day for them and well deserved, long overdue and a well deserved um, all earned. I do know we're recording here on Sunday evening. They were in Pierce Stadium for the Galway men's match on Sunday. I believe the second homecoming is taking place. Even as they're listening to this show, the homecoming and the party could still be going on and rightfully so. And of course, as well, need commiserations to Moore and Abbey. I say we'll be talking more about it later on, but a disappointing day because it's not every day you get a chance to win three in a row, especially a club. Yeah, definitely. So and Moore and Abbey have, have been brilliant champions and you know, proved that their, you know, their success and, you know, obviously the the, the great success Cork um, football have had and Murnabi being a club from there, you know, from the area, you know, have really shown that and brought uh, brought Murnabi and brought the, brought the county to great heights again. But, um, you know, I suppose it really was um, Kilcair and Clonbarren's year and deserving win. Deserve you win for themselves 111 to 17. We'll be talking about that in the second half of the third half. Hope you can keep up with all that. But we're going to go through our usual news segment. And we've no other matches this week to look at. Normally, in the first half of the show, when we're doing football or camogie, we'll be looking at the other matches as well as news. So we'll briefly look at some of the news. And I suppose, Neve. It's the main talking point. Now, I'm living in, well, I'm not, I'm living just outside Galway now, but even I'm not getting much of a whiff what's going on here at the moment. But Galway football are looking for a new manager less than two weeks before the start of the National League. Yeah, yeah. On, on Friday afternoon after four o'clock, we the announcement came out, Darren. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a great shame. Jerry Fahey, um, you know, his second his second term into the job um was obviously, you know, got the job in, in, in January of 2021 and he was just starting. Obviously, he'd been back training with like most intercounty teams that had management ratified for the in place or continuing to stay on the job back training probably from October, November. Um, and by all accounts, it's a big shock for, for everyone. And I know you're in the area and down in the loop and it's been a big shock and it's come out of the blue by all accounts. Yeah, I'm just trying to get the statement up here in front of me too. But they, they're clearly from it, and I will grab the statement up in a second, there's clearly an issue between uh, players and management. I think some unresolved questions uh, couldn't be answered. But I suppose the one thing I taught me, regardless now of what's going on here, and I'll have the statement up here in front of me in a moment, if this has happened in January, like goal we were knocked out of the All-Ireland Championship in the August Bank Holiday weekend, if memory serves me correctly. If there was issues there, this should have been dealt with at least by October. Yeah, definitely. And you're, you're right, that was the August Bank Holiday weekend, uh, the loss to Mayo by four, four points in the quarterfinal. And, you know, it's a long, as you said, like, and I mean, clearly the, by like what we're seeing and what we're, we're assuming is that they were already been back in training. So I don't know what issues or questions couldn't have already been ironed out, you know, by the time they got back in, in you know, back into training, whether it be maybe indoor strength and conditioning, whatever they were doing. So yeah, it is, it's a real strange and a real head scratcher as to where it's come out of. And as you said, a really great shame two weeks, um, two weeks out from the first round of the league. 
I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs of the statement. I'm not going to go into it in full now. It is with regret that Galway Ladies Football County Board announced that Jerry Fahey has stepped away from his role as senior inter-county manager with immediate effect. I think this was on Thursday this happened. Jerry has cited questions that were raised that he and his management team were unfortunately unable to resolve. And in the interest of Galway Ladies Football, the management team stepped aside. Now, it was Thursday because it was after we recorded Sports Dance Football, which was on Thursday of last week. Returning to Wednesdays next week, just to let you know in case I forget to say it at the start. Like Jerry Fahey comes with a big intercounty pedigree and his brother PJ was the manager when Goey when they were only All-Ireland in 2004 as well. Like they had a disappointing year last year. We commented on it numerous times as well. And look, unlikely so players will have questions to ask and you know, that's understandable too because they're giving their life as well. But it's just, again, at the risk of repeating myself, it's it's the timing because I know the current Clumberham players are t- were tied up with club and all that, but you'd imagine that some people would have sat down and had this conversation a long time ago because we were talking at one stage about money and leave, you know, how late they were sorting themselves out. Yeah, they're yeah. sorted now and ready to go. But go away. Before we talk about Donegal, you know, they're completely all over the shop. Yeah, definitely so. And I mean, and, and like as you said it there, you know, obviously brother PJ, but you know, he's been he's no stranger to to Galway Ladies Football and obviously was with a selector with Tim Rabbit for the two previous years that and you know it seemed uh, the, the the transition seemed quite seamless then for Jerry that had been a selector with Tim Rabbit for him to come in and, and take the role as manager in 2021. And again, you'd, you'd imagine it would have been in on the job. And you know, I know as we said, a disappointing year in 2021, and obviously to lose to Galway, or sorry, to lose to me when that quarterfinal would have been a big blow to them. But as you, as we both said there, you know, that's so long ago. And, and if it's issues coming out of it or is it something new that's come up, it really is a strange one. I know um, part of his management team would have been Kieran Collins and Annette Clark um, and they hadn't got back involved in this year, this year, obviously with, with family reasons and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know what, who else the selectors were was, you know, who else he had already had brought in in, in replace of them. But still, it, it is it is an awful shame. And, you know, it's a big, um, a big task that the, Galway um, County Board have to do now to try and source a new manager at this stage in the in the and to do very quickly as well because very briefly we leave for, uh, previewing the game properly until we do our preview show of the league in a couple of weeks but Galway are going to be in Donegal now at the end of the day the league wants to stay in Division 1 I don't think it'll be the end of the world for Galway or for Donegal or some of those teams as well but like Donegal have a point to prove this year you would have imagined Galway have a point to prove this year and it puts the pressure on now sometimes regards to the playing squad as well and again we don't know the full ins and outs you know it puts the gun to their head in one stage they could try they could falter but a lot of pressure now has been put on Galway for the second Saturday in February the opening live game in TG Carr because all of a sudden on the Galway side of things this Donegal match feels like a must win yeah, it really is. And I mean, you know, they're obviously in, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, being Division One football, there's no easy group, but, you know, they're in along with Mayo and Westmead and it will be, you know, and like even in the men's games today, like you, you, you want to start on the on the front foot and get a win straight away. You don't have to be trying to, especially when it's such a small group and, you know, you, you need to get wins sort of straight off. So they'll need to, you know, they'll need to start hit the ground running and, you know, the chances of the Kilcairn Tom Baron girls being back you know, for that first game is I don't know what the what the situation there is. How how quick the girls they obviously had a long season, so maybe they will need a bit of a break. So you know, it is going to be a big a big um big shoes to fill for anyone that comes in and a big tough task for the for the players themselves. 
pressure will be on there as well. We'll talk more about that call with Donegal game. And likewise, too, if there's any more developing from this story regarding Jerry Fahey, we'll talk about it on our other podcast as well. But Jerry Fahey, no longer the Galway senior football manager, a surprising news, but it has happened and we'll keep up to date with that over the next couple of weeks. A couple of uh, short ones, Neil, before we uh, go to the second half of the show. I just want to give a shout out to the Munster LGFA bursaries uh, for in memory of Rachel Keneally. Of course, sadly passed away at the age of just 26 uh, a few years ago. Two Kerry players Rachel Dwyer from Southern Gales and Kira O'Brien from Lawn Rangers have received those bursaries in Mary I in Limerick as well like these are like they're happening all over the country in various colleges and all that but they're great to recognise the contribution the footballers are making and especially for their own education their own career as well as their footballing yeah, it's brilliant, Aaron. And I mean, you know, it's something I suppose that the men's side have, have always got the men's players would have always, you know, gotten, you know, scholarships and always have been been getting the bursaries and stuff. So it's great to see that it's been it's it's going both ways now and that the 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 players, the top players are getting an opportunity to um get something out of it too. Well done, Rachel, and well done, Kira. Kerry of New Jersey. I don't know if you've seen them or not yet. All four codes are getting together. You, you definitely know they're from Kerry looking to sponsor anyway. But uh, again, the, all these things happen now as we get ready for the return of intercounty football. Yeah, I, I saw the jersey. I've seen a lot of complaints about the jersey saying it's like come back into the in the sixties. Quite a, a you know, I suppose a, unusual and and as with a, a lighter, probably you know, obviously they're all gone tight fit jerseys now. But you know, it seems a bit. Flimsy, if you want to say that, I think some comment I saw on Twitter said it's like it's something from Carl's news agents um, in Dublin. Do you know like the word, it's like something from um, that the Americans be buying nearly to send over to America? So yeah, it's a bit maybe fake looking. I think was the word I seen on Twitter used. But yeah, it's great, great to see all codes under 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 the same set of jersey, and that's brilliant. Um, and going forward, I suppose for a Kerry point of view, um, you know, got a, the men had a draw today against Clare. I suppose the Kerry ladies will be hoping to get a draw in their first game against Tipperary. So yeah. They'll be hoping to get a result in two weeks' time. That'll be a big one as well in Division 2. And of course, like you mentioned there, it's great to see all four quotes. You're not the only person who's uh, <laughs> who's questioned the jerseys too. I know Killian has something to say about it in the Kamogi show during the week too. But at the end of the day, it was great to see all four quotes there as well. And of course, as Neve mentioned, Kerry against Tipperary to start of the league in a couple of weeks. Roisin Ambrose, the new Limerick uh, football captain. Great news for herself. Amy Ryan has been on the fair green with us before. Is the vice captain too. Like two leaders, Limerick need a big year. Yeah, they really do, Darren. And I mean, you know, we we I suppose for them, you know, they're probably a disappointing year last year, and they really need um, you know, new management in this year, and they really hope that they, you know, that'll push them on and, and have a better year this year. You know, they're in a in a group in the, you know, division where are they in this year? They're in division four B, um, you know, with Carlo Offley and, and London. Hopefully London can, can be involved in that. And you know, they they'll need a so starting on the you know, starting starting with the league, they look they like to, to top that league, top that division. Yeah, definitely make a statement in the competition as well. London's their opening game as well. And of course, we've seen the London men are back playing. They beat Carlo over the weekend too. So looking forward to seeing the London ladies back in the league where they belong. Uh, sad news in Dublin. John Sheridan, uh, Central Council Delegate, former chairperson as well, put an awful lot of work into Dublin ladies football, passed away. Yeah, I, I just I, I saw a picture on, on the Dublin ladies Twitter page yesterday. John, I, I came across him a few on a few occasions. Um, lovely man, you know, and was really... Um, you know, the backbone in, in, in ladies football in Kilmacud and in, in Dublin ladies and, you know, a, a great man. And, you know, it's a sad and, and sympathies to his family and to all people everywhere, and his friends and involved in everyone in Kilmacud. 
I echo those thoughts as well. Yes, Chair Anamuso, uh, rest in peace, John. Finally, we'll be previewing on June, on Wednesday's show, sorry, the Junior and Intermediate Football Finals, both taking place next weekend. We'll also have um, news from all four camps on sportsstars.ie this week, the Intermediate Final on Tuesday, and then along with Sportsstars Football on Wednesday, preview the Junior Final with the four respective captains as well. So that's all coming up next week. That's our news for now. We're going to take a break. In a moment, we're going to look back on Saturday in Burr, the current Account.ie or our senior football final, Kilcurran Clumburn, champions beating Warren Abbey. I like listening to Sports Dad because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to the third half. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Neve Kendlin. It's a football show this week. And Neve, as we said at the very start of the show, great day for Goey football. I could not believe myself. 39 years since Goey last won this. Uh, this competition, like, you know, Kilcurran Clumburn would be knocking on the door, you know, but didn't go over the line. But they were the better team. Both teams had falls, both teams had great moments. But overall, Kilcurran Clumburn were the better team. They definitely were, Darren. I think, and even for the first, from the first moment, like from the throw up, Louise, Louise um, Ward won the throw up and, you know, set up attack. I know it took a, a couple of minutes for the first score and, and actually Murn Abbey got the first score. But yeah, you could just feel that they, you know, they showed such hunger. I, I think, and that was probably the, the, the riding. Feeling across the across the board, across the across the hour of football or there and, and and ten minutes of football that really Kilcarran Club and every player was so hungry for it. And you know Olivia Dibley's interview, our post match interview, alluded to that. They're two years in the waiting, and you could really sense that from the very first moment that they really, really were putting in a massive effort, and they didn't want to let this all iron pass. It always comes down to like one way or the other, the hunger, as you mentioned, or the nerves. And like Mornabi had a couple of attacks. We'll talk about the Mornabi side in a moment, had a couple of attacks and got the score from Duran O'Sullivan. But yeah, when Kilcurran Clumburn settled into the game, they just seemed to make it look much easier than their opponents, which was a major surprise because Mornabi would have come in as favourites defending All Ireland champions. If anything, you would have expected it the other way around. Yeah, they did. They did like, and every score, as you said, at every score they got, they seemed to make it easy looking, and you know, they seemed to it, it quite easily string passes together. You know, the kick pass was very good. They made some really good long crossfield kick passes at times, and you know, you know, cut out defenses and um, cut out the Moore Abbey defence. And every Moore Abbey score seemed our attack seemed quite hard and laboured at times. Um, you know, and the proof was in the pudding that Tony scored. You know, it took the what at the fiftieth minute before the first the first point from from play. So, you know, and that's a, a, that's a big compliment to the um, Kilcarran Clumbaran defence. And that included um, the half-forward line of Olivia Dibley and, and the midfielders that came back and helped to, to, to break, up the, break up attacks and then set up the new, uh, an attack for themselves. We've always known how versatile and how much ground Olivia Dibley can cover. And um, I don't know what you think. So I thought she was a deserving player at the match too, watching her around the field. But as you mentioned in the defence, and I have to give a particular shout out to the cornerbacks, Ashley Costello and Chloe Costello. Ashley Costello seemed to play more as a fullback because she kept Laura Fitzgerald quite. Chloe Costello broke down a massive amount of ball as well. And for a team that was coming in more than happy, like with 14 goals in three matches, and of course the 6-17 they got against Dunboyne, they were never given a chance to settle because they could currently Clumburn defence refused to let them settle. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's exactly it. And I mean, the only goal they scored came from a penalty. And if truth be told, I think a question of penalty. I have watched it back a few occasions. I really don't think Kira Sullivan was in the square and um, when she when she was fouled. But anyway, it needs post that happened and it was scored and well taken by Laura Fitzgerald. But you know that is the only score and the only. I know they had a few other chances and Kira Sullivan um, 
you know, with a chance and um, maybe through the second half that maybe would have changed things. But, you know, they never really looked like scoring. You know, they didn't seem to have the ease in setting up attacks where we we saw them get so many goals in their earliest three games. That goal before halftime brought back to a two-point ball game. And it's, Warnaby probably had their best spell in the third quarter. But before that, I mentioned at the start about big moments and it was a point to PC even noon getting the opening score for Kilcurren Glenburn. Like it was a beautiful goal in 12 minutes involving many players, Louise Ward, uh, Lindsay Noon, Ailish Morrissey, who kicked a couple of big points as well, and Chloe Miskell. Like when she got the ball in hand, it was only one place she was planning to put it and right bullet to the back of the net. Oh, it really was. And I think even prior to that, Sarah, uh, Sarah Gormley, and we talked about her last week, Darren, you know, how influential she was in the semi-final. And, you know, she had a really another brilliant game as well. And, and she actually broke up a, a Murn Abbey attack. She came solo out the field, a kick pass to um, one of the Noons, Lindsay Noon. And then, you know, that set up the attack then from, from there on to Louise, uh, Louise Ward and, and Chloe Miskill. And, you know, that was the... That was the the, the the flow the flow of movement that that um, Kilcairn and were able to have at times that they could just you know where Burn Abbey didn't even have touched to try and break up the play they were able to you know as I said they just had such fluency in, in movement of, of of attacks and that would that was sort of finished off brilliantly and that you know a deserving goal by Chloe Miskell. It was like obviously a goal is a massive moment, but it was this game it was because that was the moment where we knew Kilcurrent Clumburn were here to play. The nerves were definitely not going to be a factor in this contest if they were there at all. No doubt it was a small bit too. And it was a lead they never relinquished. Now Mornabi did keep them honest, but Kilcurrent Clumburn did push four point five points ahead. Olivia Dibley, Eilish Morrissey, Nicola Ward, one of those runs that could well have gone under the bar, you know, wasn't far over. And like Mornabi were on the back foot. Yeah, they really were. And I mean uh, you know, and, and you're right, like Nicola Ward's shot. I mean, we, we saw her do it against against Dunhamine in the semi-final and it looked like a, another inch lower and it would have been under under the crossbar. And, um, you know, and you know, and I suppose that's the thing. I suppose in any kind of game, it's those little moments that, you know, God, if if, if Kilcairn Tomperen had been the opposite side of it and you'd be saying, oh my God, like, why'd you take the goal? And all these things happen. And I suppose, uh, you know, thankful for, for Kilcairn Clumburn that they, they did come out winners because you'd be saying, looking back on them shots, but, you know, they really did. They really set up their soul from their one. And as you said, when they got that goal and got the, and got the points, a couple of points straight away and went five up, you really felt that they had the confidence then that they were going to finish it out. As much as we're complimenting Kilcairn Clumburn and what they achieved over the game, it has to be said as well, and I brought this up in some of the post-match interviews that are available in sports stats at the moment too, they were careless on occasions. And there was one moment there, I think it was 22, 23 minutes in. Now, Lisa Murphy had a fantastic game, pulled off a couple of great saves as well and was very composed into the ball. But the kickouts at times were very hairy, is the term I used. And one in particular, I think Laura Fitzgerald got the ball. I do not know, number one, how she didn't score a goal from it, return kick, and secondly, how she didn't get it on target. Going to the right and wide probably summed up more Abbey's day, but it's moments like that that you would have expected more Abbey to put away. Yeah, definitely, Darren. And that was that was a key moment. I think it was just at, maybe just after half time, you know, and it, it was a, a really big mistake. And probably, in fairness to Lisa Murphy, probably the only mistake she made in the game, because as you said, she had a really, really good aim. And, you know, a couple of, right after half time, she had a double, a double save from Ellie Jack and Laura, Laura Fitzgerald as well. But, you know, just went for the short kick out. <laughs> unfortunately, I saw it happen with Monaghan and Cork and Crow Park as well. And we we were, unfortunately, we were on the opposite side where Nolan Cleary scored the goal um, over our keeper's head. But yeah, um, you know, they went for the lob of the keeper and, and it went wide. And I suppose in, it's those little moments that um, when you know uh, the, the, the rub of the green was with Mur- um, Kilcairn and Byrne and those little moments and maybe any other day, Moran Abbey would have, um, they would have went in and it just wasn't, wasn't happening. And I think Shane Ronan, 
you know, in his post-match interviews, talked about how he felt he didn't play well. And I suppose, you know, those little things. But, you know, to play well, you need a bit of luck as well. And I think the luck wasn't on their side on Murn Abbey um, on Saturday. Yeah, he was very honest when I was talking to him afterwards too. There was no excuses. They acknowledged too they didn't play at 100%. They owned that too. They did get a break before halftime on the day that wasn't happening for them. You just mentioned there as well. Now I got a text because, you know, when you see something real time, I haven't had a chance to watch back the, the video uh, of the game yet to get a better look at it. But I think it was Kira Sullivan that won, won the penalty too. And some felt she was outside the box. What was your thoughts on it? Yeah, I felt she was outside, Darren. Um, my, on my first reaction in real time, I thought she was outside of it. Now, Kira Sullivan being Kira Sullivan, she's playing with Cork um, Intercounty Football from 08. So she's very experienced and she knew when she landed, she was landing inside inside the area. So she did. I I, I believe the foul was outside outside the area and uh, she landed inside. So the referee took a second or two to decide and he gave that. And I mean, um, referee uh, Kevin Phelan from Leash, I thought he had a good game. So I'm not going to uh, hammer him on this. I just thought it was outside. He took a minute or two to decide and then he gave the penalty. I did feel it was outside. But overall, I thought he had a very good match. Yeah, I thought he had a good match too. Now, some people were picking at moments where he was blown for fouls. And I think he did go through phases and sometimes hit a technical foul and didn't let them off afterwards. And I do feel myself, he tried to let the two teams play. And if anything, he just probably picked the wrong moments to make big, uh, to, to pull up play, if you know what I mean. And which is unfair in himself because overall, like I enjoyed the contest despite the mistakes some teams were making. It was end-to-end stuff. But uh, yeah, I just thought occasions, he probably just blew at the wrong time. But overall, he let them play a bit of football. Yeah, he did. And I think really, Darren, from, you know, I unfortunately didn't get to, the, to see it live, but watching it, um, you know, it really was end-to-end stuff. And I mean, I think it was nearly halftime before he could really take a breath because, you know, he he let the teams, and in typical lady football, I mean, there's no delays. It's just, you know, both teams and, you know, and that's complimented both teams because they really wanted to go out and play football. And I mean, it was end-to-end stuff. And I'm sure maybe at times when he blew the whistle, it was needed to give himself a break because it really was <laughs> a helter-skelter at times. I think it was the, the few times he blew the whistle I got a chance to have a drink of water and I wasn't even commentating. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Fitzgerald scored that penalty to make it 1-6 to 1-4 at half time. Uh, Kilkern Clumburn came out at the start of the second half. Louise Ward setting up Olivia Dibley to get a point. And then Olivia bookended the quarter because the water breaks were still in for this. I'm not too sure what the plan is for them for the league, but they're going to be in place for the junior and intermediate finals next week. I felt myself, and some people have disputed me in this, that Moore Abbey owned the ball uh, during the next 10-minute spell. But, and it, there was one or two moments where, like, Lisa Murphy has saved, Kira Sullivan hitting the crossbar. They got a couple of frees, you know, current and Burn Fairness were getting tactical, getting, you know, smart as well, the way they, they were stopping Moore Abbey. But Moore Abbey did not take the chances that they could have taken over this game from. Yeah, you're right, Darren. And they had... And- I suppose that's it's back to the same thing, you know, just uncharacteristic or maybe just that bit of luck. You know, at times it took the wrong option. Um, and I, I mean, you can, you being at it, maybe can, can clarify something. It's very hard to judge on, on <laughs> uh, by watching the game who actually had the win. You know, at times it looked like Murnabi um, would have had it in the first half. And then come the second half, it seemed like they were against it or uh, we had it in the second half. So, Maybe you could answer that for me first. Yeah, Mornabi well, definitely had it in the first half. It did tail off for a while in the third quarter, but it picked up again for Kilcurran and Clamburn in the second half. But the camera was the far side of the field, so the based on the on the TV footage, the team attack on the left would have had the wind in the game. Bar a spell in the in the third quarter where it was more a 50-50. I, I thought that that's what he did, did feel but at times it was it was hard to work out because you know in the first half I thought Kilcurran and Clamburn seem to get their scores quite easy. And then you see Dern, you know, like, sorry, Dern would have taken a free and maybe 40 yards out and scored a brilliant free. And then 
it seemed that on the other side Olivia could score on from the from the same distance. So it's hard to work out. But yeah, Murnabi, those chances. And I mean, Kiro Sullivan had had Lisa Murphy um, bet at that stage, and you know, that, I think there was only a pint in it maybe at that stage if, if Kira had scored that goal. Um, and it just hit the crossbar, and you know, as I said, Lisa was beaten. And I mean, who knows? It was a massive turning point in the game, you know. And I think right from that, if I'm not mistaken, it went straight down. Olivia Devley won a free. Um, and scored a pint and put it one one eight one six put two between it. So you know those little twists and changes that you know uh, you know I suppose again an inch like Nicola Ward shot in the first set of an inch an inch lower and it would have been in the net and it could be a very different game. It was the ultimate turning point. Um, at that stage, the one six had all been scored from plays balls over Fitzgerald with the goal is Mornabi, the six frees from Duran O'Sullivan. I, I want to ask you a question, not necessarily about the match. Like Duran, she missed a few that she'd scored on another day too, but she was keeping her team in the match. And can it happen, Eve, that it's just, it's not happening for you and just start getting in the heads of everyone because little silly mistakes were, were happening where, you know, it's easy for pundits, like, say, to say, oh, you know, they should know better and they should have more experience and all that. But it, it just seemed to me nothing was going right for them, the penalty aside. And like, Duran was missing scores, even though she was getting the majority and winning some of those frees too. Kira, obviously, the crossbar didn't happen for her. But other players, like, uh, I could go through the full attack there. And a lot of them, I don't use the term missing, but, I mean, they just didn't get into this game. No, no, they didn't. And, you know, we, we talked last week about the, the six forwards and how, you know, how they click and how they work as a team. And, you know, in the set, they've set Laura, Laura for Sherlock for all these goals in, in the last three matches. And it just didn't. And I mean, you know, I suppose Shane Ronan was saying he felt they didn't play. But equally, you have to give credit to Willie Ward and, and his, you know, his, his backroom team and the players that, you know, had a plan in place, you know, got the bodies back and then, you know, turned over so much ball. And I mean, you know, when things aren't going right for you, that can happen. But also when, you know, when you're being marked out of it, you know, things don't go well for you either. Like, and, you know, and, and it was just such pressure. Like, I mean, some of Duran's misses was, was from pure pressure from, from and, and other players to kick wides as well. Like, he actually only kicked, I think, six wides in, in the game and a couple of three, hit the crossbar, obviously, three into the keeper's hands over the course of the game. Wouldn't have seen that much in, in other games. But, you know, it, it, I think a lot of it has to be credit to Kilcairn Clombaren because they put so much pressure on them. Could the management have done something more about it at the time? Because even as we're saying there, like Kira Duran working hard to make things happen, the other is not really in this game as well. And Kilkern Clamburn's full back line are completely dominating and effectively taking over its girl out of the match. Yeah, they really did. And I mean, I, I think the game could have been on maybe, it could have been on nearly 15 minutes before, you know, Laura, Laura Fitzgerald even touched the ball. And I mean, you know, you could say that the ball wasn't coming up near her, but I mean, that was so uncharacteristic. And I suppose in a game, in a, you know, and at the end of the day, I know more and Abby are used to finals and I mean, used to winning them as well. And, and you know, and they've got experienced players. But when the ball is not coming near you and you're not getting on the ball, it's very hard. It's, you know, that doubt starts creeping in. And if you're not getting on the ball, you're starting, geez, that's now another 10 minutes or another, you know, the ball hasn't come near me. And, you know, I suppose that was starting to creep in. And for Laura, the goal, the penalty just on the, on the hooter, you know, she needed to redo all that again for the second half and she just didn't get on the ball in the second half. So, you know, little hints to that. But as I said, I, I think, um, I don't know what Shane Ronan could have done. You know, he, he made changes. I mean, Ellie Jack was actually, you know, I suppose that was a bit of a shock for Sue. She ended up in the forward. She didn't play in the wing half acquisition, which we expected. You know, got some on a bit of ball, but nothing to the, the extent we, we were expecting to, from her. So maybe, you know, that little change in position might have affected her a little bit. But, you know, Brito Sullivan obviously played midfield, which we probably would have expected as well. Um, but I thought the Kilcairn Clumbern midfield of Hannah Noon and Siobhan Dibley covered a multitude of ground and, and really, you know, didn't give um didn't give Murnabi any opportunity to ball or any easy ball going into their forwards. 
Yeah, they've been tremendous all year, but it's probably their best to play as a midfield unit as well. They did dominate that sector. You mentioned Olivia Dively's free before the water break, 1-8 to 1-6. The Kilkern Clubburn had a few missed chances themselves beforehand and it could have made it easier for themselves to push them away. But I sensed myself with the water break. It was set up for Kilkern Clumber nicely and and it came out uh, of oh, the blocks rapid afterwards. Two quick scores. Olivia Dively free again. She won herself putting the ball over the bar. Louise Ward finishing off a four-player move to make it 1-10 to 1-6. Suddenly with this four-point gap and even with over 10 minutes to go, you just felt more than happy we're going to have to get a goal if they're going to save us. And that was the thing, Darren, that didn't look like getting the goal then at that stage. And you could see, you could nearly feel the sense of, of you know, I mean, Olivia Dibley said it, that the, the Kilcarran panel and management had the belief from, from before that, despite maybe pundits saying the opposite. But they certainly, and you could really feel that. They went that four points up and I suppose, um, you know, it's back to those little breaks. And once they, they realised that, right, we have... I suppose the, the bit of luck today or whatever things is going to work out for us. You could see that everywhere they were winning the battles, battles all over the place. Any battle that they were not getting on top of, they were so, suddenly winning them in them few minutes. And um, you know when they went that one four points up, as you said, then you had the the, the, the sub of bringing on the most experienced player in all of Galway to come on. I mean, with, with nine minutes to go, and you know what a cheer for her to come on. And and you know, um, you know, I suppose everything was just uh, the, the writing was on the wall at that stage for them. Yeah, I was just about to come to that. Kiro Sullivan got was proved to be more than his only point from play, making it a three-point ball game. But it was that score in 56 minutes, and Annette Clark didn't actually touch the ball during this passage of play. But to be there to watch it, and again, as you mentioned, like the, the biggest name in goalie football, the most experienced name, she was directing the traffic. And this is a move where Louise and Nicola Ward and Olivia Dibley, the three... The, like as well as what all the way I'm putting it, the, tr- the main three of this current Clumburn team driving forward as leaders, and they're involved in the move. And Annette Clark is there in the full forward line, and she's dict- directing the traffic like a conductor. And eventually, the ball is sprayed across to the right to Eva Noon, who puts the ball over the bar. I thought for this current Clumburn team, and maybe I'm saying it as a Galway person, having watched this team evolve over over the last eight nine years, it was a wonderful passage of play, finishing off with a wonderful score from Eva Noon, where dare I go to 1966 and say the tickets all over it is now but you just when that went over the bar even Noon's point it was only one team that was going to win the whole Ireland yeah definitely Darren and I mean you know you, you said it there and I mean you're you're right like and I mean you know I suppose you, you mentioned that's funny you mentioned those three girls the twins and, and Olivia Dibley and um, the fact that she you know those, those girls are what I think 24 25 years 25 of age now girls. 25 now and they've been so involved. And I mean, I, I know Alette Clark for probably nearly, nearly, nearly 20 years now. And, you know, she's been talking about those girls since they've been under 12. And that's hand on heart, probably about 15, 16 years ago, she was talking with them girls. And I mean, it's amazing to think, and I texted her last night, you know, it's amazing to think that, you know, they're now winning Club All Irons. And as you said it there, she's still there with them and, you know, conducting the way. And it was so brilliant, you know, to see her to be on the pitch at the end for for, for that momentous moment. And, um, you know, and, and that just summed it up that, that, that evening in Pint. And it was so relaxed for also a young girl too, to just so relaxed, just, you know, popped it over her left foot. And you just knew that that was, that was it. And you could sense it in the crowd, I'm sure that, I know from watching it, it seemed that way. And you could really, um, it was just, you know, I, I suppose it must be a, a brilliant feeling. And I think, uh, unfortunately, in my career, I was probably the wrong side of the countdown clocks, but it's a lovely feeling to have the countdown clock then, knowing you're four points up and that there's nothing can happen and you, you know you're, you're taking the cup. You won't have a crazy uh, decision from referee to play 11 minutes overtime or something that, you know, the, the, the countdown clock is going gonna, is gonna to end and, and that's your, your, your learnings in your, in your pocket then. 
And even as you say that as well, the last couple of minutes, watch a Galway team actually just hold on to the ball. You know, I, I've seen so many Galway teams kick a ball away, even with the countdown clocks in, in the last couple of moments. But they just, they had just confidence in themselves. They were so composed. They knew the job was done. It was just a matter of not doing anything silly at that stage. And they wound the clock down. And look, a tremendous victory for themselves and for all the work that's been put in for Willie Ward, for example. Only came back in as manager last year after Kevin Reedy stepped aside. He's won four trophies in less than a year. Michael Dibley, the chairperson, was manager when they made their breakthrough and he's involved in the backroom team as well and then as we mentioned Annette Clark Ashton Costello we mentioned earlier on too a servant to the team over like the best part of two decades as well and like for the younger players too and the work that's been put in as well like this is the current Clumburn team they've got there now I don't think they're going to go away for quite some time no, definitely not, Darren. And I mean, you know, we, we might remember, and I, I I read an article they're coming up to the semi-finals. Like, I mean, they, those same girls, the, the wards and that, they've won on the 14 fail all Ireland's. Like, so, I mean, those, it's not just a flash in the pan. These these players have been there. They've been, they've come up the ranks. They're not just a team that, you know, just all of a sudden got together. They've been playing up along the ranks and they've been building for a, lo- a long number of years and they've finally um, reached the Holy Grail. And it, as I said, it's very deserving. And they're a backroom team and anyone that's been involved with them over, over the course of those years um, and, the, you know, their, their, their club and their committee and everyone else. And they're a real, you know, a real community. Like, I, I you know, as I said, I've obviously been, been good mates with Annette Clark. I, I know some of the people in the committee that's involved and Geraldine Heaverin is involved with Galway County Board as well. And, I mean, a, a great, uh, you know, she's involved, heavily involved with the club as well. So, you know, it's great for all of them and I'm really delighted for them. Congratulations to everyone from Kilkern Clumburn. I know I joked earlier on the party is still going on, it probably is, but you deserve it. Go and enjoy it. On the other side, uh, Nee, before we wrap up, more Abbey. Uh, look, we talked about them going for three in a row. They've been tremendous servants for Cork football at club level as well. The work that Shane Renane has done there with them, they've won seven Munster titles in a row. Their only loss before Saturday in recent years was to West Cork in the 2020 final. West Cork couldn't defend that crown as well. Like the, the quality of their players, I looked through the team and we spoke about it on last Thursday's show. You know, they'll dust themselves off. They'll go back playing for Cork or maybe um, they'll be back. And I've no doubt that this be the odds on favourites to be back in an Ireland semi final at least next year. Oh, by by every every by totally agree, Darren. I mean, you know, losing an Ireland final doesn't make them ba- a bad team overnight. They will definitely be, be back. Um, you know, and I mean the fact they've already got back to back all Ireland's and they're back in a final again, um, after especially after a two-year break with you know, whatever that's happened. So yeah, they'll definitely be back. I mean, by no means are we writing them off. And I mean, they're a, a young side. Um, and it only shows the 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 grit and determination and the the character of the players. And you know, I'm sure you read Breed Sullivan's um, interview post match or pre match as well. And I mean, what she went through over the last year. And I mean, great compliment to her. And it just proves, you know, the 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 I suppose the family orientation and the, and the group of of of, of, the, of a panel that they have and a community they have down there as well. And they'll certainly be back. And I, you know, it's great to see Breed Sullivan playing um, after what she's been through too. Yeah, because actually I read this on Saturday before we posted it up ourselves and I didn't notice because we had breathed in the fair green back when we started off Sports Stars in July 2020 and this was before all this happened as well. So, Breed, if you're listening, I'm hard luck first in losing the All-Ireland final, but, you know, it's just brilliant to see you playing football and brilliant to see you involved and you're a great leader for Warren Abbey and I know you'll continue to do so as long as long along with many other of your teammates as well. It wasn't your day on Saturday, but Warren Abbey are a tremendous team to watch. They give us great memories and good 
those two All-Ireland titles. And I have absolutely no doubt, Neve, we're talking next November, December, we'll be talking about Moran Abbey again in a Munster final or an All-Ireland semi-final. That is it for the third half. We hope you enjoyed the show here, our football show this week. Uh, just to uh, mention before we wrap up, uh, reaction from Kilcurran Clumburn against Moran Abbey is now available on sportsdance.ie. Plus that interview with Breed O'Sullivan that Neve just mentioned is well worth a read. Make sure you have a good read of it too. Coming up during the week on Tuesday, we'll have um, uh, both captains for the Intermediate Football Final uh, preview. Uh, Daniel Lawless from St. Sylvester's and Lisa McMenamin from Castlebar Mitchells. That game is taken on Sunday. That will be our featured match in Sports Dance Football this week, which now returns to a Wednesday slot here. Myself and Eve will be on their preview in that game and also looking ahead to the Junior Final, which we'll also have a separate show with hearing from the respective captains um, from uh, Mullinahone and St. Jude's as well. That's coming up on Wednesday too, along with us talking about it too. So I'm Darren Kelly. This was the third half. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back again with the third half next week. I think it's a Camogie show next week. That could change. So keep an eye on all our social media. But with all that being said, congratulations to Curran Clumburn, All-Ireland Football Champions. This was the third half. I'd like to thank my partner in crime one more time, Neve Kendlin. Great, Darren. Thank you.